Commence primary ignition. This is where the fun begins. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there? And welcome back to yet again another episode of Mando Talk. And this is our last and final Obi-Wan Kenobi after show with episode six, the finale. I am your host, of course, as always, Caleb Keller. I thought I was going to be alone, but just like Billy D. Williams in The Rise of Skywalker says, we're not alone, baby. We're not alone. Ben McGreevy, good friend of mine, decided or not necessarily decided, but had some free time and said, you know what? Let's hop on here and talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi together. Ben, how's it going? And welcome to Mando Talk. Hey, it's so good to be here. Happy to be here, man. This show has has been such a fun, a, such a fun watch so far. Um, and, and I'm excited to be on Mando Talks and, and get to kind of talk about it a little bit. Talk about Star Wars for a little while. Yeah, for sure. And we got a, a lot of Star Wars to talk about with this Obi-Wan Kenobi finale. We'll see how long it takes for us to get through all of this. I'm just realizing, though, that I may have misquoted, you know, we're not alone. Uh, isn't that? <laughs> poe dameron that says that in the rise of skywalker something like that one of the two one of the two (laughs) it is said that is okay (laughs) yeah it's it's somewhere in there but listen everybody thank you so much if you are with us live on youtube thank you so much for being here and and probably you've been here with us throughout all of these after shows so thank you so much for that uh that support is definitely appreciated and felt. Uh, and also, if you're on a podcast platform, thank you for checking us out there as well. We're available on any podcast platform. Just type in Mando Talk and you can find us. Now, obviously, this is the last after show, but I want to remind everyone, our listeners, of an exciting thing coming up next Thursday. We have a special guest, another special guest. I would say Ben being here is also a special guest, but we have a special guest uh, next Thursday, June 30th, Palpa Memes, who has a pretty solid very solid following on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, He's coming on the show to share his thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's going to give us an additional week to kind of reflect and think about the finale a little bit more and get a different perspective in, which is always exciting. So can't wait for that. Make sure you put that on the calendar. 6 p.m. Central on YouTube. Palpa Memes joins myself and DJ is planned to be back. So Can't wait for that one. Make sure you're here. And by the way, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. We have officially hit 200. Let's go. 200 subs. We got there. Uh, Maybe we'll, we'll break the 300 number pretty soon. Who knows? We'll see. But... We are now going to get into some spoilers, if the title didn't give it away. Spoiler discussion of this episode. What's up? First of all, what's up, RFB? Saying, uh, yeppers, let's get in this in the chat. Glad that you're here, RFB. Um, okay, so here's what we're going to do. 
first thing I want to do, Ben, is I want to share just general thoughts. Uh, maybe not necessarily dive into each and every single small aspect like we will when we go through the episode kind of breakdown by breakdown, things of that nature. So just general thoughts. One thing that I want to say, and this is actually going to connect to something that DJ texted to me and said, hey, make sure you read this for me. So I am kind of in the in the middle right now of scrolling to get to that. And here it is. Okay. After I read this, I'll kind of bounce off of exactly what I wanted to say, too. This is from DJ. He says, in the making of Creed, starring Michael B. Jordan, they intentionally wait until the very end of the final fight to play the Rocky theme because they wanted it to feel like it was something that was earned, not just handed over. I would not be surprised if the reasoning for waiting to use classic Star Wars music themes for the final episode had something to do with a similar mindset that is something that has been on my brain heavily is the fact that in this episode we finally get incredible john williams original trilogy themes and man did it make the emotions pour out that's my first reaction honestly ben what did you think of the uh themes that that got used here absolutely yeah totally what you were just saying i thought that that in those moments where that was brought in and and He's so right, bringing that up of waiting to this point. Mm-hmm. If you use it sprinkled throughout, it, I'm not going to say it cheapens the music that is used, but I think it adds to the ultimate uh, crescendo of the moment of this episode to sit here and and and, and I, you know I don't know if this is going to be the last time we see Vader and Kenobi before uh, a New Hope, but assuming that it is as of right now, because really, I mean, it kind of feeds in perfectly. I mean, it's exactly what you would want in every single one of those moments. Um, I, I thought it was so well done. I, I don't know. Personally, that was how I thought yeah. about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think DJ is definitely on to something there. I think that's definitely their mindset, you know, for so long throughout the entire show, really, we were clamoring for please play Leia's theme, force theme, just anything, duel of the fates, anything that John Williams had done before. Make sure you, you give that to us, guys. Come on, feed it to us. We want it. But they waited until this finale, and I do believe that that it it made it more special. I'll say that. I do feel like there were moments in earlier episodes that still could have benefited from original themes, but it, it did make it make it pretty special. And I see Star Wars Skinny saying hello there in the chat. Very appropriate. Very appropriate. <laughs> hello there. Back to you. Uh, some additional other things that I really loved. Obviously. The rematch, the quote unquote rematch of the century. Oh, now, was it quite like the rematch of a century? I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily reaches that label, but man, it was fantastic. I'll at least say that it was absolutely incredible. And again, we'll, we'll dive into the details a little bit more. But top five lightsaber duels of the entire franchise, maybe I haven't had the time to rank it. But what were your overall impressions of the duel, Ben? Well, and I, yeah, absolutely. I thought it was just so fun. I think fun is the best word for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who grew up on the prequels, uh, it, it was, <laughs> it's always difficult. The sequels are difficult for me because of the lightsaber duels, obviously. And and you sit there as someone who grows up on the prequels and you have, I mean, the Phantom Menace has two incredible ones. And then you have uh, Attack of the Clones. And then, I, and then obviously Revenge of the Sith blows us away but then you sit here and you have 
really in in the finale of this show, I, I personally looked at this and just thought um, there was a more mature side of both of them mm. that you could see developed from that attack and revenge, uh, the revenge of the Sith fight that to me stood out and you felt it. And, and that was just my take as I sat there and I thought, man, this is, you feel similarities, but also differences because of it's 10 years later. And to me, it was masterful, man. I, top five. <laughs> it's tough. It's really <laughs> that is, tough. That's a big <laughs> statement, but, but the simple grandeur of what this is definitely the way they both use the force at points. Mm-hmm. Really incredible stuff. Really incredible stuff. Now, one other thing that I want to share before we dive into the episode specifically. Not everything, not, first of all, love the finale. Loved it. But I do want to get this out of the way so I don't have to kind of go back to it as we get to the specific points in the episode and we can just talk about what's there and what and not focus on what's not. The one thing that I that wasn't perfect that I just feel like was kind of rushed was the whole Reva redemption kind of thing. Um, I have enjoyed the Reva character episodes one through five Uh, episode six, this episode, the finale, I understood what her mission, I got all of that, but I just feel like maybe Reva's redemption arc would have benefited from like one more episode or, or just some form of teases earlier in the show that show that she's still there as far as tiptoeing that line sometimes of, man, I I miss, you know, my good heart. I miss being a good guy. I I still have a soft spot, you know, all of those different kind of things. I feel like maybe just some other subtle teases along the way would have made me get to that point this quick. I get it again. It's a very similar star Wars angle to, to take happens all the time. So it's very star Warsy. It fits the mold, but that is the, if there was a weak spot in this episode, it just felt like that redemption was just a little too quick. I get it. I understood it, but that that was my overall feeling on that. What about you? Yeah, I totally agree. I I want to get more into that the whole redemption arc later because I, mm. I have some very strong opinions on it. And I know literally, I, I think most people do. If you've watched Star Wars before, I think I don't know if there's anyone who has seen all the movies who liked this, uh, and that that's a big statement. I mean, I I don't know that I've talked to anyone who's like, yeah, I really like the redemption of Riva here. <laughs> like, mm. I just I've never met. I wonder if I were to sit there and like. I don't know that my dad has seen more than like the original when it came out in theaters. Like he yeah. just isn't a fan. If he sat down and watched this show, how would he respond to it? Would it be different than like a star Wars fan? I don't know. I still, I, I don't think it would have been, I think it was forced and unnecessary. We'll get into more of that later. If you're okay, okay. with that. Yeah. Uh, but like, like I, I don't know. I, it did not sit well with me. Um, and I felt like you could have actually taken that entire section out of it and it mm. still could have flowed but we'll get into more of that okay, later I, for sure yeah, it's a tease for stick around we'll yeah talk more. <laughs> there you go uh i definitely have seen at least on twitter people that i follow you know at mando talk by the way if you haven't followed mando talk yeah. make sure you do that shameless little plug there um <laughs> i've seen people really love the the redemption so there's people out there really there there's I, a lot of people out there you do not follow the same people that I if do. somebody in the chat ends up saying hey i, I love the redemption <laughs> i uh i will i will argue with you until we exhaust ourselves but <laughs> it's okay <laughs> oh always hey any any respectful argument is is welcome yes we get to see both sides get to see both sides i see ryan v 
Ryan V. It's so glad to see, so glad to see you in the chat. Saying something that benefits with this conversation that we're having right here. Uh, Ryan V says, I really don't think she should have had a redemption arc. I want villains that stay villains and don't always come around. I see that for sure. Uh, and, and I still feel like last week it would have made natural sense for Reva to have gone. You know, Vader finally end it. Uh, but, but that's just me. And here you are, Ben. Here you go. The Star Wars skinny. I loved Reva's redemption. Hello. There you go. I told right. you. I told you. <laughs> and and I, I am cool with this. If you can back up reasons with why, you know, like, and that's, if you can be like, no, I just love a redemption story. Well, that's different than like this specific character's redemption. And and I can understand that. So I, I would just, I would love to hear reasons why, uh, but we can, once again, go. we're going to get into it. We're going to get into All it. All right, Star Wars skinny, you hear it. There's an open invitation. Start blowing that chat up with some reasons why you love it. All right, <laughs> Ben, any other like overall thoughts, reflection kind of ideas that that you have before we actually get into the episode? I, I think I'm good. Love the show. I think that we're going to get more into it as we as we dig through this episode. 10-4. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, we're going to take it kind of three pieces at a time. We're going to address the setting up of the episode. We're going to address the rematch of the century. And we're going to address the Reva Tatooine mission. Oh, and a fourth one. Obviously, we have to discuss the ending, the parting ways, the, the sayonara that we do with all of the special characters that showed up along the way in this show. So any thoughts, live chat that you have along the way, drop them in that chat. We'll definitely discuss them whenever they match and apply with kind of things uh, that we're kind of hitting and just keep bringing them. We love to hear from from you guys just as much as we love talking to each other. All right. Let's get into this thing, setting up the episode. An injured Reva arrives on Tatooine searching for a farmer named Owen. Now, something really cool that I liked about this scene is Reva in that kind of Jedi cloak. I would have to assume that she picked that up in Jabim, kind of, you know, with that path. They have all the Jedi material, lightsabers. I'm assuming they have more cloaks. I really love that. How she got to Tatooine, what ship she hopped on, not really sure, but that's not something that bothers me in the slightest. Um, so I, I love this introduction. I love that it it definitely implied, okay, we're back on Tatooine. That's the important place at eventually toward the end of this episode. But, but I love the setup for Reva and I loved the decision to keep her injured. Like I know in our prediction stream on Tuesday, DJ shared something about how she would hop in that back to tank and get healed. But I actually really dug giving Moses Ingram the opportunity to portray this character injured throughout the episode. I dug that a lot. Any thoughts that you want to add to that, Ben? No, I, I think that I think they did a great job. Okay. Nice, yeah, nice I, I little think, I think, yeah, great job. Nice setup there for for Reva for sure. All right, Darth Vader. And this is where the musical cues start. Like this was the first time that I noticed oh. as Vader was walking in that Star Destroyer, some OG original trilogy musical cues. And I knew from there, oh, we're we're in for it on this one. Uh Darth Vader is leading an Imperial Star Destroyer as it's firing upon the Jabim transport. Uh, with him is the Grand Inquisitor, and that leads to something pretty spect spectacular to me. I really loved it. Uh, we'll get to that one eventually. But there's kind of Vader set up. He's he's chasing after Obi-Wan, rightfully so. Um, and then we kind of flash to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan 
does the smart thing here, the right thing. He's very committed to fleeing from the transport to confront Vader and to give the Jabim people an opportunity to escape. Now, this is something that Leia definitely, definitely did not like. Uh, but I love the little conversation that they have. Like, she's just kind of screaming at him like, no, this is not OK. You're supposed to take me home. But then they kind of have their mini goodbye. What we thought in the moment was their final goodbye. I love the emotions there. How did you feel about the their little mini goodbye? Did you think that was it? I, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't think it was it um, in terms of this show, just because. And, and one one thing that's tough with it is the. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the future of these characters. So it's like, you know, that. Okay, eventually they'll meet again, but you kind of felt like, hey, he's going to survive. They'll, mm -hmm. We'll see him again together. I loved this conversation because constantly we see Leia in this show do incredible things. You know, like she is a high functioning 10 year old. Um, at the same time, like you get very much she's a 10 year old in this episode. And in that mm -hmm. moment, you can see the fear. You can feel you felt I, I felt what she was feeling in that moment like i don't want this guy who yeah i might have just met him but i've watched him do incredible things uh be an incredible person do ridiculous things like turning himself over uh like why would you want that guy to leave you i don't know i, I loved it and i thought i mean i love leia in this show altogether i 100%, thought it, it, yeah it is so leia and mm. And it and it sets up who she's going to be eventually so well. And so I love this conversation. I think it feeds perfectly into what we see later um, mm -hmm. in the originals. Uh, to me, it was just it was pristine. And and I read things that people didn't like it. Mm. Thought it was a little bit forced, but I think I don't know. I, I disagree with that. I, I thought it was really great. Yeah, no, I, I love this little first initial goodbye, thinking that it that that's the last time they might see each other. Uh, it just shows the connection that they gained throughout this these six episodes. Uh, they have a general care for each other now, and, and that's expressed. Now, some other important things to note from this little setup of Obi-Wan committing to, to going away and, and, you know, getting Vader to follow him. Uh, Leia is comforting others with Lola, and Obi-Wan says, maybe I should borrow her too. We'll definitely come back to that. But again, back to what you just said. Leia comforting others with Lola nails the character. Mm -hmm. Goodness gracious. They, they, they did Leia so well, so well. Uh, Haja promises to get Leia home. I love this progression from Obi-Wan because initially he, this Haja was this guy that admittedly was just there for a, a joke. I felt like in episode two, he was comedic relief, but Obi-Wan now trusts this dude with, with Leia, the mission that, that he sought after. Uh, so I love that progression in Obi-Wan, and I love that prog progression in Haja. Haja is now a very trustworthy individual. I feel like Obi-Wan has impacted him in some form, so I absolutely love that. Yeah. Uh, another really important thing to note is that Leia gets Tala's blaster holster. Man, that mm -hmm. again, and I don't see Bling Bling plays in the chat yet, but Bling Bling plays knows that... Uh, I love Tala and the death of Tala really hit me. Uh, but I love that Leia has that uh, holster. And anytime we see that character in the future, I would not be surprised if she has that honor just to connect 
uh, back to that. Okay, so just some other couple of things to to mention, and then I'll pass it to you, Ben, to share any thoughts on all these little other details here. Uh, Obi-Wan attempts to speak to Qui-Gon again, saying, I have to face him, Master, whether he dies or I do. This ends today. So yet again, another tease of Qui-Gon Jinn showing up. And then last thing here, as far as setting up the episode for Obi-Wan, I just loved the quote from Roken that said, I'm just getting started because I feel like that if they want to spin off and do more with this character, they easily could. And honestly, it's welcome for me. I loved Roken. I, yeah. I loved uh, what he's doing. I love his mission. I, I love the work that he's got going on. So I love just that one little quote. You could do so much with I'm just getting started. And especially with his little smirk that, you know, he, he's got stuff planned uh, that's eventually going to impact the galaxy for sure. OK, that was a lot of information there setting up the stakes for for Obi-Wan in this episode. But anything that I mentioned in there that you would like to add to? Uh, yeah. So you mentioned when we see the Star Destroyer chasing the ship to start out you get the first musical cues but do you not also get new hope vibes immediately from that um how that movie starts out chasing and 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 that was my i mean that was my first thought it was like oh man like how many times does leia have to endure this <laughs> but uh just sitting there and and watching that moment gave me like a spike of nostalgic joy uh from that uh I also love the just getting started quote uh, to, to touch on that a little bit. How cool is it that in this moment, you know, we see, we see movements like this, but we also see stuff like in rebels, just these little rebellion movements trying to be effective. And, and I wonder how much we're going to see. And, and this is just future theory, but how much is the bad batch going to lead into this one day or Ooh. things like that, where it's like, we get these little rebellion pop-ups, but eventually they have to all come together to be, I was, I was about to say our rebellion, you know, like from the originals, but to sit like the ones that actually get it done. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm just really excited. I, I would love to see shows where a lot of these mini rebellions come together to form the rebellion. And I'm, Ooh. I'm looking forward to it. I really like that idea. Uh, I, I always think to the the early, the deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith where Bale and Mon Mothma and Padme, all these people are there discussing kind of this idea of rebellion. And I think kind of those ideas are going to be planted, like you said, in Bad Batch. But also don't forget, we got Andor coming oh. soon that fits that time frame. I know people are like people originally like with the prequels, one of the big complaints was like it got too much into the political landscape of the galaxy. But that is welcome to me. Like, bring it on. And Andor and Bad Batch are, are the perfect areas to do that. So I love that idea. Love that idea. All right. Well, continuing on beginning or setting up the stakes, this is the last thing here. Uh, Darth Vader commits to following Obi-Wan Kenobi as he zooms away uh, to the disliking of the Grand Inquisitor now. I laughed out loud <laughs> when it kind of zoomed in on the Grand Inquisitor and then it kind of zoomed out, but you could still see his face a little blurry and he's making this just face of disgust. Like, what are you doing, Vader? But all right, I guess I got to listen. I absolutely loved that moment. I wish we had gotten more of old Grandy, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but hey, I mean, we got an appearance, one final <laughs> appearance. Uh, what did you what did you think of uh, 
of old Grandy in, in that little moment. <laughs> uh, similar to you, it gave me a good laugh. I, I, I love also from the Inquisitors, just like the respect to be like, oh, we are nothing compared to you type mm-hmm. thing. And that's Vader totally made the wrong call here. Like, oh, let's sure. let's acknowledge like <laughs> like this is a stupid decision on his part. Uh, it's totally showing his immaturity that we got in the previous, you know, the flashback duels, mm. uh, the flashback duel. Like he's still immature, still not developed, still not the Vader. We're going to eventually see that we might the learner. Yes, which still much connecting perfectly to New Hope. So good, and and I think a little bit of it is going to get solved at the end of the episode. We'll I'm mm-hmm. touch on that later um, with the conversation with Palpatine. But but sitting there and and what is the Inquisitor going to do? Disagree? <laughs> I mean, we just saw what what Vader did to Reva in the previous mm-hmm. episode, where he didn't even have to get out a lightsaber and he dismantled her. Yeah, and <laughs> like the Grand Inquisitor knows he's nothing for Vader, and so I think that that was a really neat. Like eh, you're, it, it said a lot about yeah. who Vader was <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right. Well, before we keep moving on in the chat, uh, I see two things, two things in the chat that I want to discuss. So again, make sure if you want to be a part of the show, throw your thoughts in the chat. We'll definitely read them off. Uh, Captain Jack, love that username by the way. Captain Jack, uh, loved the episode so much. But one thing is why didn't they use tie fighters in the ship chase? Yeah, they could have for sure. But uh, Captain Jack, something that uh, happened in episode four, you know, at, at Fortress Inquisitorious, they had all of those tie fighters just hanging up. They could have easily shot out to to go after the the path people broke in little transport anyway, but they're just up there for ornaments. It, it's fine. It's whatever. You just have to suspend disbelief, if you will. Just just have some fun with it, I guess. But I could see how you could see that as a small little plot hole there captain jack uh, rfb says by the way roken is part of what will be the partisan saw guerrera's group interesting interesting i would i would love to know where that's from because i didn't know that um maybe just just drop that in the chat rfb like where you got that information so so i can check that out for sure uh, rfb says good question captain jack likely darth vader held him in reserve probably Probably. And then Star Wars Skinny says, RFB, where'd you hear that about, about Saul? So yeah, there you go. So burning question there, RFB, let us know. Let us know. Where'd you get that info? But it would make sense, certainly. And it would be cool to see Saul Guerrera and uh, Roken's paths cross in some form. It doesn't have to be on screen. It could be in a novel, comic. All is welcome for me. All right. Rematch of the century time. Let's go. So as Obi-Wan is preparing to face his old Padawan, it's revealed that Leia snuck Lola into his cloak pocket. And I think this was done for two two reasons. Number one, I think Leia sensed worry and concern in Obi-Wan. You know, she she's trying to calm him down, just like she was trying to calm other people down. But number two, and this is speculation on my part, I think, but I think Leia is smart enough to realize that by her putting that droid with him, she is creating another opportunity to see him because he's not going to not return Lola back to her. Right. Did you get those senses too? Totally. Okay. Totally. It, okay. It, yeah. A hundred percent. I didn't want to be alone on that, but Hey, I just, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past Leia. She's a really, really wise young, young girl. She's just incredible. She's absolutely incredible. All right. And this is the moment Vader and Obi-Wan come face to face in a stunning shot 
with a crescent moon displayed in the foggy night sky. Now, I'm not 100% sure what, what this place is. I don't know if it's a planet. I don't know if it's a, if it's a moon. I don't know if we've seen it before, but it's really cool. It gave me, I think it's Edu in Rogue One, the secret Imperial base where Jin's father is working with all of the engineers. Uh, it gave me those vibes, you know, the, the rocks and things like that, but I don't think it's the same place. Uh, I think it's completely new, but definitely want to point that out. I tried to do research and figure out if we knew what this was, but I couldn't find it. If, if you could let us know in the chat or, or let us know somewhere, cause I'm dying to know what this planet is or what this moon is. But regardless, admittedly, I, for me personally, I was underwhelmed with the set during their first confrontation in this show in episode three, like it was just kind of wide open and there wasn't really much to it. Like the set that they shot Vader and Obi-Wan confronting each other earlier in the show, but this one really looked phenomenal. What did you think about the overall setup and look of this location that they were eventually going to duke it out at? I, I loved it. I, <laughs> and maybe, maybe I was reading too much into this. I felt like the landscape led to so many, uh, so many totally different setting, but mm. could hearken directly back to what we saw in the final duel and revenge of the Sith. And I'm, I'm trying to think there was a moment where they were uh, going through uh, like tight rocks and it was very reminiscent and a lot of those moments that allowed for that, but at the same time, not giving us a repeated matchup. I mean, it was so different and, uh, and really and with what we're going to see eventually with the force being used in certain ways, to me, that stood out as like, like that needed to be there. It was impressive. It was beautiful. It felt, you mentioned this before the show, it felt very cinematic. Like it mm. didn't feel like a TV show. And, uh, and that was, you know, maybe some cl complaints we had earlier on uh, in the season. Um, but man, this one felt full scale. Let's watch a movie. And, this fits yeah 100 percent. and they immediately you know they they have the this dialogue between them in which i enjoy that stuff just as much as the lightsabers clashing i love hearing what they have to say so i'm just going to repeat it uh vader says have you come to destroy me obi-wan kenobi i will do what i must vader then you will die just like revenge of the sith and they immediately go to classic poses here you know we get that classic kenobi pose with the two fingers pointing and, and the saber above his head and then vader i mean not necessarily like a pose pose but you can just feel his dominance his presence and i just absolutely love that uh i love the, the moment there before they actually start duking it out and i see that we've got some some things going on in the chat regarding this and it is dj what's up dj Glad that you could actually pop up in the in the chat and say hello. I know you're busy right now. He says the rematch of the century was everything I wanted and more. It had all the emotions. RFB going back to what he what he said earlier about Roken says it's Jason from making Star Wars swears on it. So, you know, well, that that's a pretty reliable source occasionally, most times. So uh, I, tr I trust you, RFB. I trust you. Uh, and DJ says it definitely looks edu. Oh, we got more. We got more. Hey, keep it coming, guys. Appreciate it. Ryan V says no one would know what to do with aggressive Obi-Wan. Literally the opposite of his fighting form. I think this was a beautiful duel with a very reasonable outcome. Bright Suns Media. Bright Suns. 
glad that you're here said love the finale and then uh, dj again they set up the events of a new hope in perfect and amazing ways absolutely absolutely okay so continuing on continuing on lightsabers do now clash they ignite they clash they 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 have their little moments with the poses immediate impressions for me and then i'll pass it to you uh ben to to share your immediate impressions the battle for me is a perfect mix of prequel and original trilogy like vibes like you you get the cool little choreography moments but you also just get like the the powerful swings the meaningful swings and and it just seamlessly fits the timeline that this battle takes place in that was my immediate reaction was just that it fits so well with with where we're at what what did you think overall of the of this immediate clash man i i am with you i think it fits so well it ryan brought this up in the chat uh is that I loved how Kenobi, who is a form three fighter, was the aggressor in this because form three is such a defensive style. Um, and and I wish I knew more about that. I'm trying to read more about that uh, as I get into it. Um, but I also love the uh, going back to the poses, you know, we can talk about rebels. I, you guys probably I think you talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago, but the the different forms that he, he was not in the Qui-Gon form yet, which is mm. awesome that we see in Rebels later on. Um, he is he is still in his attack. He's still ready to, or he's still in his, you know, childhood screaming and joy at the second <laughs> I saw that. But sitting there, and and I think you're right. It, it is such a, it's, it's the, it's the duel that we haven't seen since Revenge of the Sith mm. is what we get right off the bat. And it was beautiful. And I loved every second of it. And, uh, and, and that's, to me, this is like, it's what I'm going to go back to. It's just turn on the beginning of this duel and and watch it over and over again mm. for years to come. And yeah, I loved it. No, for sure. For sure. And a lot of people share those same feelings. Uh, continuing here, Obi-Wan attempts to use the force to cause one of the rock columns to fall on Vader until Vader easily stops it and throws it to the side. Again, I'm just going to read the dialogue because it's just that great. Uh, your strength has returned, but the weakness still remains. And, and I specifically put here in the notes now vader views this as a worthy challenge and he's not just going to leave him across the way like he did in episode three he left him on the other side of the fire because he wants to fight kenobi at his best this is kenobi at his best and vader now recognizes that so he's going to keep on going uh and then he finishes up by saying the quote and that is why you will always lose and then vader of course with the really cool moment uses the force to create a pit in the rocky ground yeah. gains the high ground we need to mention that he gains the high ground on oh, his old it was, master it was <laughs> there the whole time just tossing boulders left and right just boom 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 one after another and it ends it with the quote did you truly think that you could defeat me you have failed master it was great it was so good it was so good. What did you think? The incredible force wielding there. Oh. Uh, not like when we get outside of the lightsabers clashing, that's when it gets really good. When we just start throwing things left and right, incredible force abilities all around. What did you think? I, I loved it. It was so cool. Both these guys are older. I, I loved this. In Revenge of the Sith, we 
we see very little force wielding in their duel when you think about it. I mean, I guess you have the moment where they're like, go hand to hand, throw themselves back. Like that's and, where we and see massive it. leaps, massive yes, leaps too. <laughs> massive leaps. But we don't see them throwing stuff. Um, <laughs> they're getting old, rusty, right? They're relying more on the force, not as much on the physical movements. Uh, but I thought, I thought the way when they, when the lightsabers disappear and it is force, uh, as a as a the main use of the weapon we see how strong both of these guys are um and there's no arguing that uh that vader is more powerful in the force than obi-wan um you know when he sends him down into the pit have we ever have we seen something like that before in star wars am i am i forgetting about it um i think so like that's that's the first time we've seen like like sitting there and just just forcing him down in there. I was like in that moment waiting for the, I have the high ground quote. <laughs> I'm so glad they didn't use it as I reminisce on it. Cause uh-huh. it, it would have almost felt forced, but man, it, it would have, it would have been like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> you know? Uh, but that was your immediate thought. You're like, Oh, how, you know, he's getting out of it. How is he getting out of it type thing? Um, and, and I just, I, I don't know. It, it blew me away. It was, what you've wanted out of a of a Vader mm-hmm. and Kenobi this entire time. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Vader thinks he won. Uh, I guess he believed that he killed his his master. Uh, but uh, we see that that Obi Wan is holding the rocks up. Admittedly, he's struggling from preventing them from falling on him because he's reflecting on the past. He's reflecting on Anakin turning bad. He's reflecting on Anakin now being Darth Vader. But suddenly flip of the switch he thinks of his true purpose now in life it's no longer anakin it used to be anakin that's what kept him going that's probably what gave him so much power and so much strength because he cared so much about his brother anakin but now we we see that transition he switches from thinking about anakin and he thinks of the twins or his hope the galaxy's hope and suddenly that light side power is within him and he's able to lift those rocks and quietly sneak up on Vader for them to continue. But before we even continue with that, what did you think of this very meaningful moment of him flipping from reflecting and and just thinking about dark side Anakin stuff to focusing in on hope? Man, I I think I texted you this early Wednesday morning, uh, right after I watched it. The the di- I loved how this show set it up, you know. When Reva gets stabbed, Grandy comes in and says, revenge. You know, what revenge does for you. I'm, I'm yeah. going to not try to quote because I'll miss it. <laughs> um, and and like the dark side of the force thrives on revenge and this desire to kill. And and like this is Legends. I know it's it's Legends. But like if you go back and like look at what when Bane was learning the dark side in that trilogy, it's all about you kill to gain power and that's how you gain your power and it's hate and hate and more hate. And in this moment, the setup of Kenobi coming in and like you said, feeling that hope, feeling the light side to me, it was just such a beautiful image of this is why the good wins. Like this is why the light side in no regards is stronger than the dark side of the force. You know, Palpatine isn't lying to Anakin about that. What the dark side can do is incredible, but why is the light when this is why it's the hope it's the beauty. It's the love. And I thought it told that so well. I mean, I, it, it was to me, it explained to a casual viewer 
the light side of the force in a way that maybe a casual viewer wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And I thought that was so well done. I loved it. Probably one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars was that flashback, thinking about this, thinking about the future, and this is what it's going to look like. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, no, I, I loved hearing you kind of explain your thoughts on that. It, it You're right. It's it's top. It's, it's up there for sure. Just the emotions that are there. Really, really, really great. Uh, let's see. I see some action in the chat real quick. So let, let's let's catch up there and then we'll continue in, in the in the fight. Uh, I don't even know where we're at. DJ did say glad to see that 200 down there on the subs. Let's go. Yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, Bright Suns, Vader and Kenobi's interactions in this scene destroyed me. Anakin was so truly lost, crushing. Yeah, and we definitely have more to come on, on that and uh, sharing our opinions there. Uh, RFB, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, Darth Vader said. Who else finished it before he said it? I'm not following on that one. RFB, it may have been something that we said earlier. My bad, RFB. But hey, you're right that Obi-Wan isn't the one that killed Anakin. It was Darth Vader. That, He's ahead of us. That. He's ahead of us. Okay, in I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. All right, Jeremy Cullen. That's, that's a new name. Appreciate you being here, Jeremy. Says this was truly awful overall. Man, Jeremy... The bit with Vader and the dual voice was well done. Yes, and we'll definitely get to that. Uh, Ewan McGregor was good and loved James Earl Jones' voiceover. So you, hey, okay, if if you felt awful about it, but you were able to share your things that you loved about it, then I appreciate that, Jeremy. I, I'm sad that you felt like it was awful overall, but I'm glad that you could find some things that you loved in there. That's what it's all about. Uh, Star Wars skinny Vader not calling out the high ground was honestly sad. He has no sense of humor anymore. and Anakin is gone. Yeah, Vader has no sense of humor. You're right there. Uh, Bright Suns, that's how we're going to win, not by fighting what we hate, by saving what we love. And of course, that's the famous quote from from Rose. And I, I think that's applicable here for sure that as far as Obi-Wan's mindset in these moments as he's trying to lift those rocks. Okay, we're caught up now. We're caught up back into the action, back into the episode. Obi-Wan reengages with Vader. They begin uh, dueling yet again. And this is the moment where we get the really cool Kenobi lifting his hands and he just throws all of these rocks at Vader, which Vader is able to take these on pretty well. But pause there for a second. The sheer power that Kenobi displays here. First of all, reminded me of Ray, you know, in The Last Jedi when she lifts the rocks. Uh, love that little connection, that callback. But then the fact that Kenobi takes it a step further and shoots him uh, forward in attack position, attack mode, whatever you want to call it. Really cool. What, what did you think when, he, when you saw the, the rocks lifting? Uh, you know, to see Kenobi do it, it's it's not to me it was it's not his personality mm-hmm. and so to see him do that in this show uh i thought man that is such a, a piece of arsenal that we haven't seen from him but it's there and and maybe he's stronger than ever as he gets wiser and i, I just thought that was really neat i yeah, loved it absolutely all right kenobi takes out vader's chest plate lunges at vader and slices open his mask and this is this is where tier number one came for me, folks. I'll just go ahead and admit it. Got pretty emotional with this bit of dialogue that occurs. Of course, this is very reminiscent of Rebels as far as Ahsoka and Vader, you know, uh, confronting, you know, how that goes. 
you know, I, I won't dive deeper into that. We'll just talk about what's what's here. Very similar, though. Uh, but I think I love this one more simply because Hayden is voicing it. James Earl Jones, the mixture that's going on there. It, it's just really incredible. So, again, I'm just going to read this dialogue because it's just so good. So good. And I know I'm not going to do it justice, but hey, anyway, it's going to be here. Kenobi <laughs> says Anakin, you know, he's already emotional at this point. Vader says, Anakin is gone. I am what remains. Kenobi says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin, for all of it. And this is where it gets really heavy and scary, quite frankly. Vader says, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. The same way I will destroy you. And this is when Kenobi officially realizes that he is now more machine than man says the quote. Then my friend is truly dead. Goodbye. Darth, not Anakin, not Padawan, not brother, nothing like that. Goodbye, Darth. And then Vader begins screaming for Obi-Wan and it's really incredible, really impactful. <sighs> Just good stuff. And I got to share this too. I already used this word chilling. But the voice mixture of James Earl Jones and Hayden at the same time, wow, top tier, chef's kiss. Uh, it kind of like reminded me of Tom Hardy's Bane in Dark Knight Rises, the third uh, movie of the Christian Bale Batman movies. Kind of reminded me of that a little bit, but this was way better. What did you, what did you think <laughs> of this? What did you think? Ah. Uh. You have hit the nail on the head with it. It was it was literally everything you wanted, right? I mean, you got could anyone have been unhappy with this? And I'm sure literally the chat's probably gonna be like, <laughs> No, we that. hated it. <laughs> you yeah, said, yeah. You said yeah, that I, earlier. <laughs> yeah, I did say that earlier. Um, but to sit there and get get both of them and and hear that voice. Also, you said something, and I feel like it unlocked a memory. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be. Did Obi-Wan use the phrase Darth earlier in the prequels to, about anyone? Like, was that his thing? Maybe he used it in in the Clone Wars. Maybe he referenced Count Dooku as... No, I don't think he referenced no, him. I don't, he, just, I don't, he just called him Dooku. Dooku, man. I, I felt like when you said that, I was like, man, did Kenobi use that before? Was that is that his thing? And, and the chat's going to be like, no, nah, you idiot. He never said that. Uh, and and I, I probably am wrong. But man, the the... Also, his willingness to walk away after he walked away once. Mm -hmm. How much of a soft side of Kenobi are we still seeing here? You know, mm -hmm. to sit here and say, man, what he's not going to do is sit there and strike down. He says you're dead, but he still walks away from a guy who could easily destroy the galaxy. And so mm -hmm. that's a pretty big, a pretty big moment. I loved it. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, it was it was good stuff. And I see in the chat something that that's really worth noting. Bright Suns Media saying also the light on Anakin's face changes with his mood. I noticed that like you would see the blue lightsaber reflection, then oh. you would see the red. And OK, golly, I'm just thinking of this. It's, it's just reoccurring. The smile that pops up on his face kind of it's like so creepy and Anakin is just so truly gone. And I think it's when he says, uh, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Like he's he's proud of it. And it's just so chilling to think Ugh. 
and goodness gracious, it's just so good. It's it's so good. I don't I don't feel like I can add more analysis to it other than it's just so good, so good. It and is. I'm so glad that they could get Hayden to do this. I did. Did I? Never mind. I'm not going to comment. Did I? I think I read somewhere that, and I don't think I caught it, but like you see his eyes change colors at points. I, think from I saw that too. To I think the I saw Sith that. yellow. Yeah. And uh, and and I didn't catch it. I need to go back and rewatch it again you know and and just sit there and walk through that but stuff like that well done to make you really feel the internal conflict that that has to be put to rest for him to become who he becomes type mm -hmm. thing for sure and just the acting chops that go on here by both parties ewan and hayden phenomenal work uh We'll definitely maybe toward the end of this episode share our thoughts on a potential season two because I know those reports and rumors are out there, but clearly these two dudes still have it. Lucasfilm, I don't care if it's a season two or not, find a way to get these guys still incorporated in your storytelling because yep. they still got it. The fans still love it. So um, keep bringing it. Keep bringing it. <laughs> RFB sends you a reminder. Uh, been saying uh oh there be folks ain't happy with i hear many opinions it's crazy rfb i don't know how people wouldn't like this but whatever you know i, I loved it i absolutely loved it all so right good well that finished the rematch of the century kenobi leaves the planet feeling and he begins to feel the events that are occurring on tatooine and he punches the dropship into hyperspace so Obviously, we didn't go back and forth like the episode went. We wanted to focus on the rematch of the century, in which, by the way, that, that brings up something that we were kind of talking about off air. I could easily see somebody being like, man, I really wish this episode would just focus in on this rematch and, and not leave this scene like it kept going back and forth between the rematch to Reva on Tatooine. Rematch, Reva on Tatooine, back and forth, back and forth. And I could see how you could have that complaint of, I don't care about the Reva on Tatooine stuff right now. Just show me this rematch. But this is so Star Wars to do that. You know, think of Return of the Jedi. You got Luke versus Vader. And then you have the, the side story of Han, Chewie, with a bunch of Ewoks on Endor trying to get the Death Star, you know, shield to go down. And you got Lando up in space. So it's just so, and it does it in Phantom Menace as well. Like it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Speak, speak to that. What, what did you think of that? Oh, it, I, in the moment, it's like, man, stick with one. And I'm going to uh, get, we're going to talk more about Riva as we end this thing. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how I didn't feel like that story needed to be told in that moment, but, but I'm being a bit dramatic. Um, the way they did it was well done. Let's be mm -hmm. fair about this. I mean, some of the scene changes, there was a moment where like Reva's walking through and she has her lightsaber lit and it like swings behind a rock on Tatooine. And when it swings out, it's Vader with his, I mean, it's just like, it's so well done. And like you said, it's star Wars. Like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't ha I think it happens in, in most of the movies, right? I mean, you said that Phantom Menace happens, attack of the clones that happens uh, because you have the Dooku fight and then you flip back to the arena at points. Revenge of the Sith, that happens a lot. Um, I'm trying to think if a new hope and empire happens and i'm i'm i guess a little bit i don't think in a new hope it does i don't think it does and i don't think it does in empire either 
So there's there's not a lot there. Oh, no, I think it does an empire. A little bit at the end with uh when Luke and Vader are fighting and it goes to like Leia and Chewie and how they're getting off the planet. Yeah. Yeah, and that and but then in Return of the Jedi it's there and so and and those you know, I'm not going to get into the sequels because you have it a lot there as well with a lot yeah. of different plots. But but to sit there and say that is what this what this franchise is Mm -hmm. it's 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 telling multiple stories to get to a big crescendo and and while we didn't necessarily get an epic duel at the end of this one um i thought it did a great job flipping between them and didn't necessarily take away but i thought it was well done okay no i'm glad you feel that way because i feel the exact same way as well but yeah leaving so we are officially leaving the rematch of the century we're going to go to the reva mission on tatooine uh so chat any other final thoughts on the rematch of the century drop them in there we'll definitely read those and discuss those uh but yeah overall obviously we loved the rematch so many emotional uh excuse me so many emotional moments um the, the, the that was probably the first bit of emotions that hit me and and there's more to come trust me okay Riva's plot on Tatooine let's get to that so Owen receives word that Riva is on Tatooine looking for him which allows the Lars family to prepare for battle Baru is awesome by the way in this oh. uh and I put in here the perfect spouse for Owen like Owen is and I feel like I can kind of relate to this Owen's <laughs> like the the negative like half I guess glass half full right Owen's like that Owen's the half glass full like I'm negative I'm concerned I'm worried I'm going to express that but Baru's like no we got this I'm positive I've got you I've got our family we're gonna we're gonna stick our ground we're right here I relate to that heavily Maddie my wife always puts me right in the right mindset whenever I'm being way too negative just like Owen so I love this I really heavily related to it I love the family dynamic that's going on here uh so their plan is to hunker down fight off Riva when she comes to their homestead Luke hides in the room where he worked on 3PO and R2 in a new hope I love that little detail um while Owen and Baru hide in the main quarters preparing to fire so Riva then arrives at that homestead Owen has just as bad of a shot as the stormtrooper he completely misses um which leads to a bunch of firing and and Riva blocking which blocks very successfully i might add which was which was really cool uh i'll pause there for a moment loved i, I did like this i i know that we know at the end of this we know luke survives obviously but i i like this little mission because i was i know people are like oh we don't we don't care maybe about reva as much as the rematch or whatever but i cared enough to see owen and specifically peru in action to where i was fully locked in and fully engaged at this moment what about you yeah, I uh, the thing that stood out to me, and and I'm trying to see if we'll get to it. Um, when he says no, he's mine. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. That's I think that. Yeah, that's that's the next one for sure. Okay, I, sounds I, good. I won't spoil it, but but that is that. I'm okay with this, and I think it's neat to see how they Owen and Brew have accepted the mission. They know the importance of it. I mean, they were not expecting this at all in any way to receive this child that had to be protected, but they understand how big of a deal it is. And I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, speaking to what you were just alluding to there, 
Uh, Reva makes her way to the entry of the room that Luke is in as Owen continues to try to fight her and prevent her from getting to him. And here again, I thought the dialogue was worthy of a direct read. So here we go. Reva says, you really love the boy like he's your own. Owen says he is my own. And he asked her, what do you want? And she says justice. So real quickly, I had kind of thought about this the past couple of days, ever since we saw the episode, the quote of her saying, you really love the boy like he's your own for me confirms that she does actually know that this is Vader's child. I thought there for a while that maybe it's possible that she doesn't fully know the secret, but I think it's safe to assume she fully knows the secret in this bit of dialogue. But on top of that, like you kind of alluded to, I really love Owen because in a new hope, it just seems like Owen is the, the grumpy foster dad uh, taking care of Luke because he has to, but Owen clearly, clearly loves Luke loves caring for him. So I love the dialogue there of him expressing that anything you want to add to that. No, I think, I think you nailed it right on the head and that's why I mentioned it earlier, but, but that really stood out to me. Yeah. Well, I was watching this episode. Okay. I see that uh, Bright Suns Media and RFB and Jafet. What's up, Jafet? Glad to see you back. Uh, throw some things in here. So let's read those real quickly. Bright Sun says, Owen, an inquisitor is coming. Baru. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> I love it. I Absolutely. love I love Baru. Baru is a uh, top tier character. Let's go. I love her. Love her. All right. RFB. When Reva chases Owen across that small, low bridge, that's where Luke will park his T-16 Skyhopper in A New Hope, the garage. Nice. Good call out there, RFB. That's a great connection. Jafet, Reva got the same death blow that Qui-Gon got in the next episode was perfectly fine. Yeah, Jafet. So, so we kind of talked about this in the spoiler discussion last Thursday, and the Grand Inquisitor says it... Um, in the episode, revenge does a lot to, to keep somebody alive. Qui-Gon doesn't have any revenge when he gets stabbed. You know, he's at peace. He knows that Obi-Wan is going to train Anakin, things like that. So I think, Jafet, that's why there's kind of that that difference there. Reva still has revenge. Qui-Gon was at peace. And also, let me throw this out there. Uh, she wasn't totally fine in this episode. Like, she was not fully healthy uh unless she was faking a limp you know like <laughs> faking a limp and, and in pain um i mean she might not be as bad off as somebody who just got stabbed in the stomach but i don't know i mean i she's way imagine what she could have done if she was her full healthy self she could have wiped them quick you know and oh, that's yeah and like like you said He's just as bad of a shot as a stormtrooper. Like <laughs> these are the guys who were the stormtroopers. It, if she was all there uh -huh. like that, they're gone. And, and I just, uh, I don't know. The revenge thing is huge. I think it, you guys said it last week on the show. Mm -hmm. Every single person who's ever had revenge. Mm -hmm. has pretty much made, made that, made that out, made out of it. So I, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a good point. No, I, I agree with that little extra layer that you added to uh, bright suns. You know, I didn't think of this. So this is a good little entry here. Maybe she thinks it's Bale's kid. I could see that potentially, but I also don't 
think if I was like if I was like in Riva's shoes in her position, when I see that transmission of Bale himself saying, I'll go to Tatooine to get the boy, I wouldn't think, oh, that's his child. Because I would think, well, why isn't he with you? I would I don't think I would assume that that uh Luke is his because they're in two completely different locations. And also in the beginning, why does Riva have Leia kidnapped? Like she's doing that to draw Kenobi, right? And so why would why would Leia getting kidnapped as Bale's child cause Kenobi to come out from wherever he is? Um, and I don't know. That's just thinking through that on different. Yeah. Different well, well, I think going back to episode one or two, I think it was one. <laughs> Leia gets taken mm-hmm. by the bounty hunters that that Reva hired. Yep. Um, based on. Reva having access to files that show Leia or that Bale and Obi-Wan had connections and that Leia was Bale's offspring. So I guess she believes it is enough. I guess so. But I still think, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a, I guess that's a good little debate there. Bright sons for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Bright sun says, LOL, Kenobi's kid. Did I accidentally say that someone was Kenobi's kid? (laughs) I didn't, I didn't hear it, but (laughs) Let's get into that debate if he has any chance. Grogu's actually his. Um, just kidding. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, yeah, good good little discussion there. Good little analysis. I think it's, it's possible. I, I still lean more toward she knows the secret, but who knows? Who knows? It, it's open. It's open for interpretation. That's what's beautiful about Star Wars. All right. Continuing on in the story, Reva will actually backtrack. Baru with a strong right hand punch to Reva's face was uh pretty good. It was pretty good. I'll just leave it at that, which gives Luke enough time to run into the desert. Reva finds Luke and begins attacking with a desire to kill. And as Reva is approaching to strike Luke down, she begins to see her youngling self and realizes what she has become. So this is what kind of tips her off into redemption. Uh, she doesn't want to turn into the guy that killed all of her friends. Uh, so seeing young Luke there lying on the Tatooine sand is enough to say, okay, pause. I need to stop. And again, I get this. I love it. I just, again, I would I felt like this would have worked better for me had we gotten just a little bit more teases along the way that there was still good in her rather than just one little quick glance at a kid and immediately she's good. Because I have to assume at this point in her inquisitor travel her inquisitor trials, whatever she's, she's had to have killed a kid or two along the way. Right. So I I don't know what makes this suddenly different, but if it worked for you, great. That's just one small thing. I feel like there could have been teases along the way or maybe an additional episode uh, just to kind of give those extra teases. But but those are my thoughts. What what do you think of of this sudden redemption, man? I. You said so many good things there, and I think the thing that I struggle with with this redemption story is we experience her as a youngling in the previous episode, part five. Mm hmm. And she experiences it. She witnesses it. She gets stabbed and is reminiscing on it. I mean, it's happening to her again. And her response is to go chase another force-sensitive child who's Vader's. Hmm. 
at what point? I mean, she came to Tatooine to kill the kid. Mm -hmm. And so it takes her looking at him or looking at her to make that decision. I mean, I, and then we're supposed to like feel empathetic towards her. And this is where I think the the place I think I struggle the most is like, what am I supposed to feel that way? And I'm going to get like real, maybe like real heavy with it for a minute and and go to a real world example. And, And maybe this is not the way to go with it, but like, you know, you look at the evils that were happening like in World War II on our planet, like with Hitler and Stalin, like if they had just decided one day, like five years into the war, like, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't want to kill these people anymore. Am I supposed to feel empathy? Oh, no, you're right. You haven't done any wrong. No, this woman has killed so many people. Uh-huh. I mean, walked into a town, chopped off hands just because mm-hmm. wants to destroy everyone in their path. And then, oh, I feel bad for, no, I can't, I can't, it's feeling empathy for her without anything except for a flashback. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do it. And that's where I struggle. I can't get there. Maybe I could have in three more episodes if we saw it developing. Mm -hmm. Um, But man, this one moment She's just trying to kill the kid, and then it's there. I I don't know. That's why I struggle. I'm I yeah. ranted about that. Got real serious talking to like actual real world things for a minute. But like, uh-huh. as somebody who's who tries to put myself in like the realism of Star Wars, and I'm watching it to feel it differently. And I I think that's what we as Star Wars fans love to do. It's like, man, if I'm in this setting, how am I feeling? I had to take it there, and and I just have a hard time feeling the empathy in that moment for this character who's done so much wrong. Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. And obviously I think the rebuttal to that would be, well, Vader, you know, he does the same thing essentially at the very end. He's killed so many people, but uh, he has that redemption moment. Uh, The only difference is obviously Vader dies. You know, he doesn't go out into the world and, and everybody just treats him good and everything like that anymore. But I can I can see that criticism for sure. For sure. I, I can see where you're at, but I can also see how it works for people. And I think totally. again, this would this would have worked. It was okay for me. It would have worked better though if there would have been additional teases to her coming to the light side again throughout the show. And and Star Wars Skinny threw in a good one, something that I forgot about. In episode three, she does wince when Vader killed a kid in part three when he's just walking down the street. Yes, you're right. That is a small little subtle tease that she's not okay with this. I do feel like those Star Wars skinny that and to everybody listening, I do still feel like there needs to be a little bit more than that. Like for Vader in the original trilogy, there's the moment where Vader becomes Anakin almost for a minute when he's talking to Luke about, Hey, you're my son. Join me. We we can do this thing together. Then they connect through the force and he's like, father, son, father, son, going back and forth. And then return of the Jedi. That's what the entire movie's about is giving those subtle teases of how Anakin is still there in Vader. So again, I, I see both sides of it. I fall. I think I fall honestly, like right in the middle. It's not something that I absolutely hate. It's not something that I just love. I'm I'm good with it simply because it's Star Wars and that's part of it. But I do feel like I want to see something different moving forward. Like, I know one of the things I texted you was, I hope Moff Gideon doesn't get a redemption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and 
I if I don't think he will. I, or at least I I hope not. Here's here's something as you were talking. I can I can go lots of different directions on things if we can find a good argument for them. You know, at some point in Star Wars, do we discredit the will of the Force at points? Mm. I mean, we're talking if Luke dies in this moment, Darth Vader never kills Palpatine and destroys the Empire. Mm-hmm. So. In a way, there's there's something to be said. How much does the force coming into this and and like into her mind and saying, "Hey, don't do this." Now that's go. obviously that's a weird theory that, that <laughs> I love that. The, honestly, the writers aren't <laughs> thinking that. But hey, it's something to throw out there of like, "Hey, what is the force doing here in this moment to make her say, I shouldn't do this?'" I mean, may, you're right. Maybe the force takes over, and that is enough. Uh, hey that's a good little rebuttal to your own little thing there (laughs) (laughs) we see a lot of cool stuff with the force and clone wars and rebels that could that could definitely lead to that and that's something that yeah i don't know it's kind of (laughs) all right well you know we we do kind of get and then i see a couple of really solid chat uh messages here so we'll get to them here in a second but i want to go ahead and wrap up this redemption thing for for reva Obi-Wan does finally arrive, and that's when Reva's walking back to the homestead, uh, carrying Luke in her arms. Now, again, obviously, we know that Luke lives in this moment, so there's not really stakes there. But just the way that the acting going on between Owen, uh, Baru, and Obi-Wan, believing that Reva actually killed Luke there for a minute, still had me engaged with it. So I knew Luke was going to survive, but the acting and the way the characters were portraying kept me in it for sure and of course it's revealed that luke is alive and owen and baru take him inside okay so just real quick i'll say all this and we can kind of get back into this conversation reva reflects on her friends she lost during order 66 believing she failed them by not being able to kill vader and also now struggling with not being able to kill luke uh then kenobi comes in with really class dialogue here perfect jedi dialogue You haven't failed them by showing, or sorry, you haven't failed them, pause, by showing mercy, you have given them peace. You have honored them. Love that quote. Mm. Uh, Reva asks, have I become him? Obviously him being Vader. Kenobi says, no, you have chosen not to. Who you become now, that is up to you. And then we get some hopeful music beginning to play as Reva looks at her Inquisitor lightsaber one more time before throwing it in the sand. And Obi-Wan helps her up and says, now you are free. We both are. I do, in a sense, on the flip side, love this because I love the possibility of seeing what Reva does from here. So I am kind of glad about that. Um, But Again, I, I don't feel like there's more for me to add personally, other than I again I, I just still feel like I fall right in the middle. Like I get both sides. Get both sides if you loved it. I get aside it if you didn't like it. Um, so I guess we can go ahead and go to uh the chat with these two things that we had kind of pointed out, discuss those real quickly regarding the Reva redemption. Bright Suns Media says atonement is step two in redemption. Step one is the choice to be better yeah that's some deep stuff there that's some yeah. deep stuff bryson's takes uh, me puts me in my place <laughs> <laughs> fair hey that's what it's all about that's what it's all about star wars skinny star wars is extreme because it teaches big themes to kids no one has ever really gone star wars chickens out and kills redeemed characters until now finally Ooh, that is okay that is something that makes this different I'm glad that you put that put that in there, Star Wars Skinny, because 
Vader's redemption, he dies. Ben Solo's redemption, he dies. Here, Reva doesn't die after redemption. Now she actually has an opportunity to express outwardly this newfound good in her, which, I mean, is a pretty strong message. It's a strong message to every everybody, really. Like, no matter what you have done wrong in the past, as long you turn around and you you do good change it that's a yep. great message that's an incredible message now that i think about it so it is there you go anything you want to add to that <laughs> no I, I totally agree with that i think it was uh let me throw this in there as well with this i don't hate the redemption story i hate how it was done mm. i felt like it was like too sudden but yeah the idea of this character becoming something good is a beautiful theme and a beautiful idea and so I realized when I was talking earlier, it came across as really harsh towards this character. But like, I think it was more harsh at like the way it was portrayed with her and less about the actual redemption story and itself. Because this stuff that you guys are putting in the chat right now is spot on. Yeah. So good. No. And I, again, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like this would have worked tremendously if there was more teases than just a, a little grimace when Vader snaps a kid's neck. Because... I mean, I don't care how bad you are seeing that would make a grimace come on anybody's face. Yeah. I feel like so great conversation there. That makes me I have to admit that makes me feel better about the redemption arc and it's going to make yeah. me look at it differently. Yeah, me too. That's what this is. Again, that's what this is all about. I love it. I absolutely love it. Listeners, live streamers, everybody with us. You're coming in clutch. All right. Show's ending. We're, we're now to that point. Uh, where we kind of just wrap it up for all of these characters that we've already known or have come to know uh, in this show. At Vader's castle on Mustafar, this is something I was not expecting, Vader is speaking to Palpatine through a hologram, expressing his intent and interest in hunting Kenobi. And Palpatine puts him in his place and i love it i love this it fits so good with the heart oh. of their relationship palpatine's basically implying that vader's feelings for his old master have made him weaker and this immediately you can see it vader just sits back and it just immediately flips a switch with vader and he says kenobi means nothing I serve only you, my master. And this is where they play the Imperial March per perfectly, perfectly, mm -hmm. perfectly, perfectly. I loved it. What did you think of this? Oh, it's. It was exactly what. I mean, it it, it takes Vader from the conflict. It's almost like you almost feel the click right from the conflict to the to the Dark Lord vader i mean i don't know i thought it was so well done there you you knocked it out of the park and just even talking about it uh you scream because of the <laughs> the grandeur of what it is and as strong as we have seen vader be throughout this series i mean making reva look silly with just the four snapping children's necks mm -hmm. he is like compared to you emperor I'm not anything. And that is like what you see the Inquisitor be debater is like the immediate like twist to that. Oh, it's just so good. It was so good. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. 
and bright sun says palpatine is just so good at yep. manipulating anakin 100 like yep. it it's insane but this this led to a thought of mine here um so far in the skywalker saga you would think everything is working and going toward palpatine's plan Every decision he makes is so calculated. Every decision he makes ends up being the best decision for what he is wanting to do. However, this decision of him telling Vader to forget about Kenobi is the first step to his undoing. Because if they had gone after Kenobi, I highly doubt that the entire Luke Skywalker thing would have occurred. So I just think that's really cool to actually visually see like, yes, I, I get where Palpatine's coming from. Like, yeah, you don't need to be focused on your past. You can be dialed in doing what I'm telling you to do right now. But hey, this is where it all begins because eventually Kenobi's the one that gets Luke to to do all the things that he eventually goes to do. So I just I just love that little that that might be me again reading in between the lines way too much, but but I love that. I love being able to kind of look into that scene a, a little bit uh, more there. Okay. Anything you want to add to the Palps stuff before we move on to the next character that says goodbye? Nah, you knocked it out of the park on that. All right, let's go. Knocking them out of the park. Here we go. (laughs) Next one. Leia is preparing for a guest arrival on Alderaan, and her outfit very much so is inspired, I feel like, by the journey that her and Obi-Wan went through, but it's also portraying what she is yet to come, you know, the, the fighter, the warrior, um, mixed in with the the princess feel just love love the look she's got the she's got the gloves from dayu she's got tala's holster she has jedi like boots and something else that really stood out to me again said it earlier in the show the relationship between brea and bail with leia is just Mm. incredible it's everything you want out of a father uh daughter mother daughter relationship like gosh i I love all of that so, 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 so much. Anything you want to add to that? Anything you want to add to the subtle decisions there by Leia? No, I, I thought it was so good. I uh, I don't know. I loved how there was the contrast in what are you wearing to in the first episode to this of like, you're a different woman now. <laughs> yeah, You're still 10, but you're a different woman. I, I thought that was neat. Absolutely. All right. Well, Obi-Wan arrives on Alderaan to say his goodbyes to the Organas and specifically Leia. Here's where tier number two came for me, for sure, uh, when they have their goodbye. But before we get to that, very crucial and and teasing. And when you think about it, dark quotes, because you know what's coming between Bale and Obi-Wan here. Bale says, I fear for her future. The Empire grows stronger and bolder. Kenobi says, well, if you ever need my help again, you know where to find me. And Bale says, let's hope that day never comes, which again, we know that day does come. So that's what adds the really dark twist to this little moment behind the scenes. Obviously, they don't know about it yet. But then we get to the moment where they say goodbye. This was tough. This this was tough as, as I watched this. The emotions were were flowing uh, heavily at this point, like waterfall. <laughs> uh, when saying goodbye to Leia, Obi Wan lists out all the qualities she possesses that remind him of her real parents: wise, discerning, kind-hearted from her mother, passionate, fearless, forthright from her father. Gosh, that hit so hard. 
it hit me so hard and to top it all off um i love the simplicity of obi-wan just simply saying leia you can't tell anybody about this we don't need a mind wipe we don't need any of that stuff Mm -hmm. leia is smart enough people leia is smart enough to know and trust when obi-wan says you can't act like this has happened. You can't act like we know each other, regardless if it's through a transmission, through a droid. Eight years from now, 10 years from now, it does not matter. If you ever see me or you speak to me, you have to act like you have no clue who I am. Love this. I love this. And of course, when they hug it out, they say their goodbyes. Leia's theme is playing in the background throughout this message. And the Force theme the classic force theme plays as they say their goodbyes. Good soup. Good soup, as me and DJ would say. Uh, what did you think of this moment? Perfect ending to this show. I mean, is it not the perfect ending to wrap up? I, one, like you just mentioned, all the emotions with the themes, with the comments, the lack of a mind wipe, the, the beauty of it. Um, I love how... It just sets, and, and we'll get into this. I You teased this earlier, getting into talking about a season two, and I, I would love to uh, in just a second, but it, this this episode ended this show perfectly. Mm-hmm. And if and if it ended this, and the next time we saw these characters was in A New Hope, I'm I'm here. I'm there. Yeah. I, I They got me. I mean, that's, that is so well done. Um, I don't know. I thought it was perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, before we go to other goodbyes and adioses from other characters, let's let's visit the chat. Uh, let's see. I need to scroll back up a little bit because we're just blowing it up. I appreciate it, everybody. Appreciate everybody blowing up that chat there for us. Uh, okay. Palpatine redemption story win from Star Wars skinny. Uh, that led to a lot of laughs there in the chat. Uh, bling bling plays came in. What's up, bling bling? Um, glad that we didn't have to see Tala's death in this one. <laughs> Says it's coming after all. Every time Palpatine dies, he just comes back to life. So, yeah, eventually he'll just come back to life and he'll be like, okay, I'm good. I'm light side. Don't kill me this time. <laughs> I love that. I love this little conversation <laughs> going on here. Okay, Bryce Sons, I choose to believe Bale is the reason Leia never took the Skywalker name. 100%. Uh, her relationship with Bale is just incredible. Star Wars skinny, LOL. Imagine if he mind wiped her. Yeah, it wouldn't have played well for me at all. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see it being okay to mind wipe a 10-year-old kid. No, nope. it's weird. It's just weird. Yep. Uh, let's see. Bling bling. Now thinking about it, Leia was never sad seeing Obi-Wan die in A New Hope. Yeah, and I've thought about that because she consoles Luke. I think, again, with this little eight-year gap from now in A New Hope, I think she has just kind of trained her mindset. She's seen way more than Luke has. She knows (laughs) the state of the galaxy way more than Luke does. She knows about loss. Uh, she's too worried about the loss of her planet right now. I was about to say, yeah, she just lost family that, uh, she has to kind of put Kenobi to the side. So anything you want to add to that? No, spot on. I, uh, (laughs) I was, I did laugh at the whole Palpatine redemption story, which made me think like, I would love to get a trilogy about Palpatine becoming a dark Lord. I, oh man, that would be incredible or not a show. I want a full three full movies dedicated Mm -hmm to his story anyways 
yeah. got sidetracked there. But uh, yeah. Bryson's media, she was so excited on the Death Star to know Ben was there. Pain. Yeah, because when Luke comes into that jail and she says, you know, Ben Kenobi's here. Ben Kenobi, where? Something like that. I, I can't remember exactly what the dialogue was there. But yeah, she she's stoked. She's she's pumped to know that that Obi-Wan's there. Star Wars skinny. She just saw literally everyone she knew die desensitized to it maybe i don't know yeah and that's something that we had kind of just talked about there we're see the, the force it, it has us connected star wars skinny <laughs> it's got us connected all right obi-wan back on tatooine in a very alec guinness-esque wardrobe mm. as he is leaving his cave home obi-wan then visits the lars homestead and is able to meet luke and introduces himself with a hello there perfect Perfect execution. I did. I honestly didn't need to hear a hello there, but the way that they used it, just incredible. Just absolutely incredible. Good stuff. Um, wanted to point out the goggles, the lightsaber, all of that stuff ready for action connects to like a, a comic book cover that we've seen. I've seen it popping up on Twitter. I don't know exactly what that uh, comic book is, but it's really cool that they made that. They made that decision, obviously keeping in mind that that old comic book cover and Obi-Wan commits to backing off and admitting that the only protection Luke now needs is from Owen and Beru also stating that Luke's time will come. He doesn't have to go out of his way to ensure that he's trained or anything like that. He's putting his trust in the force. What did you think of this overall scene of Obi-Wan getting to meet young Luke? Uh, it was emotional for me. Um, I, I would have, the fact that they didn't give us a conversation was well done. I think, I think that mm -hmm. we didn't need it. It's mm -hmm. it almost, I love book of Boba. I thought it was awesome. It was almost like we didn't need to know how Boba got out of the, the pit, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, and, and I, you know, I love that show. I, I thought it was a great show and we can talk about the finale all day long and have a good time with it. But, uh, but like, I love that they left us. It just, the, the hello and and the entire thing and say hey he's just gonna grow up who he is and mm -hmm. i'll be here when he needs me and i yep. just thought it was it was a natural lead into a new hope and i loved it yeah and i also feel like and we can kind of well actually no let's let's hold off on that discussion make sure make sure you remind me to come back to him saying that regarding that he's gonna um saying that owen and baru are, are enough as far as protecting luke don't don't let me forget to go to that bin. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to remind me of that one. OK, but I, I love that. I agree with you 100 percent. I didn't need to hear more. The hello there was nice because, again, it, it's one of those opportunities to give the audience an opportunity to interpret that conversation however they want to interpret or they envision seeing that conversation go. Uh, love that. And see, I don't even know if he would introduce his name. Uh, because of in a new hope he's like you know ben kenobi that's a name that sounds familiar something like that along those lines like he's heard that name so well, and we'll can see. i stop you there for a sec i i'm yeah. thinking about this like luke's 10 when you were 10 years old if you met somebody for five minutes i don't remember their name <laughs> like you don't really remember their name like I, every once in a while parents will bring up somebody who i would have known like when i was younger and i'm like oh yeah yeah i i know of them but like don't really care or know what they're doing now. And I feel like that was, oh, that's why I loved it. It was so perfect. It was that mm -hmm. 10 year old. When you think back to what a 10 year old thinks when you met somebody, when you were 10, you don't remember them. And uh, I thought that was well done. 
Yeah, no, I, that's a perfect parallel. Very relatable for sure. Okay. As Obi-Wan rides off, here's tier number three. <laughs> as Obi-Wan rides off, he is greeted by Qui-Gon Jinn as a force ghost. Here's the dialogue. Well, took you long enough, said Qui-Gon. Beginning to think you'd never come, said Kenobi. And then I was always here, Obi-Wan. You just were not ready to see. Come on, we've got a ways to go. So obviously, Qui-Gon doesn't reveal himself until Obi-Wan gets to this Jedi hopeful state that he is now in after all of these events of this show. So I loved the decision to wait until Qui-Gon Jinn or wait until the very end of this episode and series to display Qui-Gon Jinn's force ghost. It was just tremendous, but this was an incredible moment and I know how much the Phantom Menace means to you. So I'm just going to give you a moment to just share your overall thoughts on seeing Liam Neeson's (laughs) Qui-Gon Jinn show up. Oh man, Caleb makes fun of me because Phantom Menace might be my favorite of all the movies, which is a really unpopular take. And I think that's DJ too. (laughs) Really? I love that. Hey, roast me in the chat right now. Tell me why I'm (laughs) wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. Um, I loved it because like I think that we saw suddenly a more mature Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was almost like Qui-Gon was showing up once from a distance his training was finally ready to take a next step. Almost like Qui-Gon being gone was like a part of his training. And and I don't know, I, I just thought it was beautiful. Um Qui-Gon as a character, you feel the wisdom, but also the rebellious nature in Phantom Menace. And that's mentioned over and over again, all through the prequels. And, and, uh, and in that moment when Obi-Wan walks away, I just, I'm, I'm so excited. I want to get more into like season two stuff in a second. Um, and it's going to deal with Qui-Gon for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but I just, I don't know. I loved it. It definitely was an emotional moment. And it was time perfectly. So yeah, and, and the perfect way to end the show, as we see, you know, an incredible shot. I'll add of uh, Obi Wan riding his Eopi into the sunset. Uh, incredible shot to end the series with the music swelling. So yeah, let, uh, let's actually let's pause there for a second. We'll talk the potential of maybe a season two story for a little bit before we wrap up, because there's definitely some things that I want to hear from, from you, Ben, regarding your thoughts on that. Um, overall, the, this episode, the finale, by far my favorite episode of this uh, series uh, of this season is there, if there's a second season, uh, but best content that we've seen from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show for sure. I loved it. I loved it. Like, like I've said in this little spoiler discussion, the Reva stuff, admittedly, it wasn't like working for me as well as the rest of the episode was, but I still just fall in the middle of it. Like, I don't just absolutely love it. I don't just absolutely hate it. Like, it's just there. And I, I, I decide to enjoy it. And, and I love the stuff that you guys brought in the chat that actually kind of makes me enjoy it a little bit more. So yeah, hundred percent. I love this episode and it looks like, cause I threw a poll in the, in the chat before the stream started, it looks like the majority of you guys that have hopped in the chat and, and took the time to uh, vote on that. Enjoyed this finale as well. 79% of you give this uh, finale a grade of an A 14% give it a B zero percent give it a c and then it looks like seven percent was a d so that may have been like one or two people that just didn't really work for them which again hey 
everybody has their own opinion. That's fine. That's fine. But hopefully if you fall in that D category, you at least found something to enjoy that that's really what what it's all about. Ben, any other final thoughts on this episode as a whole or maybe just season as a whole since, you know, we'll probably be moving on to Andor potentially the next time if we can get you on the show again. So any other final thoughts on the season here before we speculate briefly about season a potential season two? I loved it. I have always been an Obi-Wan guy. He's always been my favorite character um, in, in all of it. And so this was a big show for me personally. Uh, the finale specifically, I thought was one of the best. I mean, like my wife is not a Star Wars fan and mm-hmm. she will tell you she's not a Star Wars fan. And uh, and, and it hurts me deeply. Um, but like, I feel like I could show her and obviously there's a lot leading up to this episode, but I could show her this entire season and I think she'd enjoy it as like a standalone show. But that episode in of itself um, tells a story better than, than a lot of it. And I, I just thought it was um, obviously we could talk small scale through some of the episodes, how they felt smaller scale. Uh, but the finale, I mean, we've been talking for an hour and, 30 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we haven't gotten to as many details as we could have like I, and that's 100%. that is and as i realized that hit me 10 minutes ago i was like whoa this episode has a lot uh-huh. like at, at, by the time i got hit with qui-gon at the end it's like goodness gracious i'm already on emotional overload you know like here we are this is incredible and so i just thought they did a, a great job mm. i'm glad you feel that way I'm, I'm glad to hear when people really really enjoy it um looks like uh bling bling threw in a really interesting question here saying what is better the last jedi or obi-wan episode six uh that that sounds like a podcast discussion for another day from us but hey everybody in the chat feel free to engage in that conversation bling bling i might address that question as i get to think about obi-wan kenobi a little bit but anytime you bring up last jedi of course that's gonna kind of segue us into a completely different conversation so bling bling will definitely do that at one point bling bling also said where is f regarding the chat f is not an option here bling bling we got to find something to like in Star Wars content. Uh, Jafet says it was a D for story writing, but I will say the fight was good between Obi and Darth. And again, Jafet, I'm glad that you are still able to find things that you loved in the in the show, even though you necessarily didn't think uh, so highly of it. Uh, let's see. Bright Suns, my wife pretends to not be a Star Wars fan, but she cried twice at the finale. There you go. That's awesome, Bright Suns. It's it's always good when when my wife kind of engages in and responds to Star Wars content too. It, it just makes me feel really good. Okay, let's go. All right, season two time. Let's discuss that just for a little bit here. Um, I told you I, I've remembered myself, so y- your your burden has been lifted. You didn't have to remember something for me. Uh, when he says to Owen that you and Baru are enough to protect him, that quote is wide open for Obi-Wan to easily leave Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, if they can develop a story that allows him to leave Tatooine for a very meaningful reason that has nothing to do with the Organas or Leia. I think that story has been told and I don't want to touch that. If they come up with an interesting, meaningful story 
that makes him leave the planet, I am all for a season two. But overall, I would say this. I feel very full and satisfied with what we got. Like if they decide to not give us any more, I'm still full and satisfied. But if they decide to give me more, I'll definitely eat it up for sure. One thousand percent. That quote, he tell him telling Owen that makes me think the potential's there. And obviously, Qui-Gon saying, come on, we've got a ways to go. That quote open to interpretation as well of, okay, let's see the interaction that these two have. Let's see what Qui-Gon, what wisdom Qui-Gon passes on to Obi-Wan. Let's have an episode of television where Qui-Gon teaches Obi-Wan how to become a force ghost. Like peel that curtain back. <laughs> like, how are these Jedi able to come back? That would be incredible for us as Star Wars fans to finally like have something there visually to put a put a pin on and know that okay, this is how they're always able to do that. That would be really cool. Those are my just general thoughts as far as a potential season two. It's the options there for sure. What about you? Yeah. So I, I have I also if they ended it here. I think I mentioned this earlier. Boom. Perfect feed into New Hope. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that I, I want to see you McGregor take on Kenobi again. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not done with it. I want more stories to be told. But and I'm going to kind of go with a deep cut here. You remember the episode of the Clone Wars where they like the ones where they went to Mortis and like there were the three force wielders and it was. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Like, uh, I'm trying to think about there was like the father, the son and daughter. Yes. The Mortis yes. arc. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The Mortis arc. And, and, and that was, that was so interesting to me, but it's not necessarily a, that was, that was so enlightening on like what the force was. I would love if we get more Obi-Wan to get a lot more Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon in a, mm-hmm. a season of Obi-Wan that builds on the force. Like, tell me more. Give me a season of the force through the eyes of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. Now, that's probably not an apo- that show would not do well. People would not love it. They'd be like, this isn't nostalgic. This isn't uh, interesting. This isn't for a casual viewer. As a Star Wars fan, that's what I crave. And I want to see it through the eyes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is notably not the most powerful force wielder there is. Mm-hmm. But how can he learn and grow through it? And to me, that would be neat. Um, I could see off-world stuff where he goes on little missions, but I, I just don't know that that we're going to get or that we should get Kenobi on a scale of Kenobi versus Darth Vader again. I felt like this yeah. was the ultimate. I want to see more uh, Christensen as Vader as well. Mm-hmm. I want give me eight seasons of building the Empire with Darth Vader. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I don't think they need to meet again. And so Agreed. I think, this would be like the ultimate like episode six is like the ultimate season of or episode of Kenobi, but I want to see more of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see that that could be something explored for sure. And I love that idea. Anytime that you can explore the force in, in deeper and refreshing new ways. Yeah. That yet still connect to everything that we know and love about the force. I am all for it. Now, Bright Suns in the chat says that was in, cl- in the Clone Wars regarding how to become a Force Ghost. You're right, Bright Suns. Isn't that the arc where there's like those weird faced individuals that Yoda is like communicating with or something like that? I, I may be 
misremember. I might not be remembering that correctly, but it, it's kind of in there. You're right. But hey, a live action version between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon would I would still find very, very, very special. Bling Bling says, I just want a season two so Reva can die. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> bling bling. If if we weren't gonna kill her in episode five, we gotta keep her alive. <laughs> like this is, this is what it is. <laughs> she's redeemed at this point, and she's gonna keep on going and until who knows when. And that the fact that that the possibilities there are endless there is exciting, regardless of how yes. you felt about the redemption arc with Reva. Um, uh, Star Wars skinny Ewan needs to get blue milk in his beard season two or a movie. <laughs> Oh, that's very reminiscent of uh, Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi with the green milk. Again, don't get me started on The Last Jedi, guys. We got to be focused. We got to be focused. Uh, bling, bling. I think I want to see a Vader show, and it will be all about the Vader comics. Ooh, that would be heavy. That would be some incredible stuff for sure. Well, man, we did go pretty long there. I'm just now looking at the clock. Uh, I feel like we covered things pretty well, but it, admittedly, this is a really long episode. But we had to do it. It's the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We can only experience this once, at least right now. This is the only time we're ever going to experience it until they maybe announce something later down the road. It's been incredible. It's been quite the journey uh, with all of you guys uh, caring enough to listen to what I have to say, what DJ has to say, Zach last week, Ben uh, this week. Just it's it's incredible. The, the support that you guys have shown throughout Kenobi. And I, I would hate to not mention that, of course, you can rely on Mando Talk for any future Star Wars endeavors, uh, Andor, Bad Batch, Tales of the Jedi, Visions 2, The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, all of it. Somehow, someway, I know life changes and we might not be able to just like live stream constantly like we've been doing, uh, but it's always going to be covered here regardless somehow. So make sure if you haven't subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, subscribe on whatever podcasts podcast platform you're, you're hearing these beautiful voices through. Uh, it'd be greatly appreciated. And something else that I greatly appreciate is Ben, your willingness to hop on. You found some time to talk star Wars and you executed it perfectly. So glad that you could come on and I can't wait to, to get you on again eventually soon to, to talk about who knows what but i can't wait to hear your thoughts on whatever star wars content we we talk about one day but thank you so much for being here any final things that that you want to say to anybody or maybe any plugs of anything that you do just anything the floor hey, is yours anything you hey, want to say i getting to be here today was incredible um i i've been listening to you guys like pretty freak like regularly and i've really enjoyed it so getting to to get to join and talk about it. I will say this, Star Wars Skinny disagreed with a lot of what I said. He put this in the chat, but he agreed uh -huh. on the Phantom Menace. So uh, <laughs> if I gained anything, uh, it was knowing that most people disagree with me on most of what I said. So I appreciated <laughs> that. Um, but I hope that I made you look like the good guy today. It was, no, no, it was no, a no. blast. Uh, and, <laughs> and I appreciate for those who listened um, for being willing to listen to me talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, the, the differing opinions is what makes good content. So, hey, at the end of the day, if people have a problem with it, just say that you were playing a role, acting like you were just giving good content. You loved everything about it. Nothing else. Move along. Move along. I love the redemption story. It was incredible. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, next Thursday, don't forget next Thursday at 6 p.m. Central right here on YouTube. 
Palpa Memes is guest appearing with me and DJ to reflect on the entire series. So I've got some homework. I'm going to I'm going to try to go back and watch all six of these episodes. And I'm also going to try to watch Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope to see kind of how I feel about it fitting in with the canon. That way I can add that aspect to the incredible conversation that I'm sure will ensue between DJ Papa memes and myself. So, so make sure you're here. Can't wait for that. And again, thank you so much to everybody that was with us live. And thank you so much to everybody that's listening to us on the playback. If you want more of us, make sure you, you follow us at Mando talk on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And if you want to join our discord, that link is in the description as well all right let's get out of here i hope that you have a blessed remainder of your week and a great refreshing weekend and enjoy some sleep next week because we don't have to wake up early for new star wars content anymore which you know that's a win and a loss in a, in a sense but of course mando talk we will always be here uh until next time we have spoken <laughs>